0: okay picture this your good friend calls and says they found their dream home and they want to make an offer on it today and as a kicker they want you to sell their current home as well however if they can't get this house then they most likely aren't gonna move because this is the one and to add a cherry on top it's in multiple offers so they need to come in strong but they have to put it in a contingent offer because all their money is tied up in their current home so what do you do well i got good news there's a loan for that and it's like a cash offer so you're most likely gonna win oh and by the way there's a loan for all kinds of other unique circumstances that you might not even know exist. And my next guest is going to tell you all about it. Joining me will be Morgan Smith. Morgan's been a private label lender for over a decade. He knows everything there is to know about all the special loan options available to those out of the box borrowers. And he's going to share all his secrets with us. So whether you're a realtor, an investor, or a buyer that needs a special loan for that special situation, Morgan is the guy that's going to help you find all your options. Look, knowing all the loan options out there that aren't your typical FHA, VA, or conventional financing will help you help more people. And out few extra tools to your knowledge toolbox. Heck, you might even find out how to start investing in real estate in ways you never thought possible. Morgan's got some pretty creative solutions and they don't always require a ton of cash. So get out your notebooks and pay attention because you might find a few more deals out there that you never thought you could do. Hello, hello out there to all you real estate survivors. So I got a question for you. Have you ever watched a home buyer hit a financial wall and wished that you had some sort of magic wand to help him out? Well, today is your lucky day. So welcome to the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mills, a North Texas mortgage banker with Geneva Financial. And together, we're going to uncover the wizardry behind special loan products today. Now, these aren't just tricks up your sleeve, these are actual real solutions for your clients' biggest hurdles. So what if I told you that the difference between a client's dream home and a missed opportunity could be as simple as knowing about a special type of loan? In the complex world of real estate, knowledge is more than power. It's the thing that makes deals happen. And today, we're going to get into the deep end on those special portfolio loans that can make all the difference in your business and ensure that you're always one step ahead of the competition. So if you're curious about these game-changing potential About the game-changing potential of these types of -of out-of-the-box loans, I would imagine that many of your fellow real estate professionals are as well. So if you find this episode helpful today, show us some love by liking, sharing, and commenting. Each little interaction by you helps us grow and continue to provide insightful content that could revolutionize your approach to real estate. All right, let's get on to the show. So imagine if you had a Swiss army knife in the world where everyone else was holding a single screwdriver that's what talking to our guest Morgan Smith feels like, especially when it comes to navigating the labyrinth of all these different options. So Morgan's here to arm us with the tools, like my shirt says, of knowledge, turning each one of you into a real estate MacGyver. So let's welcome to let's welcome the master of mortgage creativity, Mr. Morgan Smith to the show. Morgan, how you doing, buddy?
1: Good. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it
0: you got it man thanks for joining me today um I know so you're I'm in Texas and and you're in Oregon so we got quite a little different time scale here so I appreciate you hopping on with me but um so let's just kind of get right into it um I want to start just with a basic question so when I say special loan products when I say portfolio loan products a lot of people don't really know exactly what that is, or they may have some idea of it, but can you just give kind of a brief overview when, when, when you hear loan officers or realtors talk about these kind of things, what generally type of products are they talking about?
1: Sure. Sure. And, um, you know, kind of to your opening, it's actually a lot more simple than you think, right? Private, yeah. private, <laughs> private lending is the second oldest business in the world. Uh, it's been around for a long time. Um, but w- when we refer to private lending um, or portfolio lending, or some people might call it hard money lending, um, really it's, 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 it's companies or folks loaning their own capital um, on projects. And houses, on buildings and such. So uh, we call it portfolio because we keep it in the portfolio. Yes. Uh, as opposed to, as you know, Mike, being a mortgage professional, I mean, the majority of the mortgages that originated today are packaged up, securitized, and sold on Wall Street. or yep. sold to Fannie Mae, securitized to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, VA, FHA, all that stuff. So um, those mortgages are gone and they're set to a certain criteria. And, and the reason that they get purchased is because... People know what they're buying when they buy them because they have to meet certain guidelines, right? Well, portfolio lending is different. Portfolio lending is your—it's kind of as simple as you're loaning your own money. Would you make a transaction? Would you be willing right. to invest in a transaction? So it's true—it's true, mortgage investment, I would say. And so we call it portfolio because it stays in the portfolio. Um, we prefer that term. Uh, like I said, a lot of people refer to this business as hard money business, and yep. That's because you know they say the loans are hard to get and they're hard to get out of sometimes. Um, Know where that came from? I
0: didn't even know that. That's that's where that kind of originated from.
1: A little tougher, rough around the edges. Um, You know, there was the guy, the guy Joe at the corner store. You go
0: down and you borrow money from it. It kind of developed,
1: kind of out of loan sharking, right? That's that's kind of a little bit of of the history, but. Um,
0: so if we don't pay you, Morgan, are you coming to break my kneecaps? That's
1: right. And I got Vinny, Vinny comes over and pays you a visit first. But, um, I mean, I just, but that's there's a little bit of that in its history. So, um, we try to differentiate ourselves from that group. But, um, but more specifically, you know, we're in the business of loaning money and we're in the business of getting our money back. And, um, A lot of people think like, oh, it must be great to foreclose and take houses back and do all this stuff. You know, it's really not. It's really a pain in the ass. And so really what we want to do is we want to develop strategic relationships with borrowers and help them and become a financing partner of them. That's really how we look at it so they can be successful and then pay us back so that they can they can do it again. Um, well, I, I guess you know,
0: probably get a lot of repeat clients too, because once somebody goes through the process, they kind of, and have a mode, especially when it comes to investors, like they use you on a regular basis because you have that relationship and you're more willing to, to do the lending in that, in that regard that's, too. That's
1: right. And that's how we look at it, Mike. I mean, we've got,
0: as you know, we've got one
1: product that kind of caters to the owner occupant market, which is our signature uh, bridge loan that we call a transition loan, which we can talk about in a second. But, Besides that, um, our loans are business purpose primarily. So we're loaning to builders, investors, realtors, sometimes contractors, um, not on primary residence, but on deals. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I've had this conversation many times with with investors. People say, well, is it private money or, or hard money more expensive? <laughs> I go yeah i mean it depends on what you're going to compare it to right so is it more expensive than traditional agency or fha money yeah it is is it more expensive than a partnership i don't know so you know mike you find a house and do you want to buy in north texas and you call me up and you say i need a couple hundred grand to buy this house i think we can flip it and make seventy-five thousand really quick and i say all right so i put up 200 grand and you go buy the house. I mean, what would be fair for me to ask you in return for that?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. I think it'd be pretty fair money. for me to ask you for half the profits. <laughs> yeah. Right? That'd be a good yeah. deal. Like, okay, yeah. man, I'll put up the money, you do the work, half the profits. Well, what's the what's the interest rate on that? Yeah. It's a lot off the charts, right? Yeah. Or you know what, man? Uh okay, I'll lend you the money. And uh, I like you to put up 20 grand of it though, and then I'm gonna charge you ten and a half percent and a couple points. And I want you to make payments to me, you know, so that's that's kind of a contrast um, to what I'm talking about. So, yeah. yeah, we're we're financial partners. We're seeking financial partnerships with people um, that that they can prosper from and we can prosper from and then we can repeat them. And so, like, our main goal for our borrowers is that they make money on their transaction.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> so, the idea, generally speaking. Yeah, And they
1: can come back and do it yeah. again. You know, um, you know, on our on our owner occupant stuff, on our transitional stuff, the desire is a little bit different. We want to be happy. want We want them to get the house of their dreams. We want their transaction to work that they the way that they want to work it. But it's got to be a a win for them. Sure, and that's really the the basis of of private lending. Is it's it, it what's kind of cool about it is it kind of just makes sense. Yeah. Um, and if it's if it makes sense, then we'll probably do it. And if it doesn't make sense, we won't do it. Even though there's
0: traditional loans that really don't make
1: sense sometimes.
0: Right. But yeah, well, especially these days, there's, there's quite a few of those that are happening, it seems like, but so, so it kind of depends on the scenario for the most part is what you're saying more or less. And every, every scenario is going to be a little bit different. Um, And you kind of mentioned a little bit, you know, the fix and flip and the bridge. So, So can you give me some general scenarios in which these type of loans are going to have the most benefit for people? So, you know, obviously the bridge loan, you can kind of talk about that a second and then the fix and flips and and how these things work. But but primarily what scenarios are we looking at where these are going to have the most benefit for a buyer or an investor?
1: Absolutely. And I I would start with there's a common theme in most private money lending, portfolio lending um, and what we look for above all we look at everything we still look at the three c's like you do credit yep, capacity collateral um but we really really look at collateral and so if there's a common theme in in private lending it's 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 that we don't loan over a certain percentage of the asset right. and that number is typically 60 65 because right. at the end of the day our goal in private lending number one is to get our money back yes a number one. And so any private loan that you look at, for the most part, that's going to be a feature that is going to come up every single time. So there is no 95% private money loans out there. That doesn't work. That's like, that's right. that's a, they're not,
0: they don't exist. They don't exist.
1: Yeah. They don't exist because what a, what a private money lender wants to do is hedge his bets. And what he, he, he wants to make sure that if the transaction doesn't go the way that it, that it's supposed to, He's got a really good chance. He or she has a really good chance of recapturing their money um, in, in the event that they have to foreclose and, and take over the asset. It's really that simple. Right. Um, our, our particular loans are kind of broke up into a, uh, three different categories. So um, we've got a we've got a transition bridge loan, okay. um, and uh, that's a loan in which. This is kind of a cool story. This loan came out um, during COVID. We dreamed up this loan because if you remember how crazy the housing market was in COVID. Um, And so all these people, they wanted to buy a new house. Um, But first of all, they had to sell their old house. But they were so scared that when they sold their old house, they wouldn't be able to find a new house. They'd be homeless. That (laughs) the whole market was kind of like freaking out.
0: Yes. And so...
1: And so we were brainstorming one day and said, what if we had a product where someone could buy their house before they sold their other one? That'd be cool. And um, and then they could move over and get settled and then go back and get the other house all dialed in, list it, sell it, pay us back. And so and that's exactly what our transition loan does is we take a we take a loan position or a lien position on the house that a, a client is buying. And we take lean position on the house that they're leaving and we put those together and it allows them um, to basically close on their transaction before they sell their other one. So it's kind of a reverse. Okay. Um, that's our probably most popular product, um, especially a, a, around the real estate community, because almost everyone can benefit from that. Right. Um, and it, it, it solves a lot of problems. It removes the contingent offer. Nobody likes the contingent offer. Buyers don't like them. Sellers don't like them. Realtors hate them.
0: Um, and right. even with the market slowing down, it's still competitive right now. It's, uh, you know, especially in certain parts of the, you know, it depends on where you're at, but the, if it's a desirable home in a good neighborhood and a good price, it's going to be competitive. So you're going to be in situations where contingencies just don't work. Exactly.
1: And if you're competing with cash buyers and such, so this, this transaction or this loan type kind of makes it feel like you're, it's you're a cash buyer, right? Because you're able to go and say, yeah, I'll pay this and I'll close this fast and and here's how that's gonna work. So that's our signature program. And that's probably the one I think, like I said, your viewers would probably benefit from the most, right. especially the real estate community. Um I, you know, I've I've talked to you about talked to you and other folks about it in the in the company before. I highly encourage mortgage professionals to 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 figure that product out and to get it out. It's a great tool um in the toolbox. And it's also really convenient. You know, it's like it's really nice. I mean how many times have you had that deal where they're trying to close on the house and then they got all their shit's packed up in the U-Haul and then the closing <laughs> doesn't happen. And then they're staying uh, in Motel 6 with all yeah. their stuff in the U-Haul. And then this person's mad. And then it's like a chain reaction because they're selling their house to somebody else to somebody else. And the whole thing screwed up because one loan officer lied and didn't get the deal done on time or something. Right. Or, or one underwriter woke up and had a bad day and conditioned for something on an appraisal. Whatever the deal is. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 cool. So that's that's a cool product. and And I think that um, I think that your viewers could really benefit. by So on that
0: one specifically, can you get into a few of the requirements for it? Just because like a lot of times I, you know, even for realtors and lenders, both, you know, we hear about these and we know them, but then they seem so complicated that it's like, I don't even know if I can do this. And I think a lot of lenders, especially, and I, I figured this out getting into the business originally, and I've been doing it almost 15 years now, but I remember when I first came into the business, um, I was told that condos were really tough, like just You know, I would, other loan officers just said, just stay away from them. Don't even touch the condos. Don't even deal with them because they're too hard. I'm like, I mean, okay. And like, I didn't know any better. So I was like, fine. So then once I got my first condo, because that's just kind of how it works sometimes, you just end up with one of these. Um, and you get into like what the steps actually were. It really wasn't that hard. Like it's 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 pretty simple. There's a like, couple
1: of steps. You need to know about yeah. the association, right? Need to check yeah, out there's the a few little order.
0: extra hoops. Yeah, that you got to jump through and be aware of and ask some questions. And there's a few other pieces. But outside of that, it's still just a regular loan. There's just a few other parts to it. So when it comes to the... in Real quick, is there a difference between the transition loan and the bridge loan? Or are they basically the same thing? A
1: transition loan is a bridge loan. Okay. Um, we 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 coined it that because it's it's kind of we're,
0: we're transitioning from to one like to the other from one house
1: <laughs> to another. And so, you know, that's a little bit of marketing, but um, you know, a bridge loan, and we'll talk about, a lot about different kinds, but a bridge loan is think what you know what they call them bridge loans? Because they get you from one place to the other. Right. That's all they are, right? They're just yeah. a bridge, right? Yeah. Not a freeway forever. They're a bridge. Right. And so they're meant to come to an end at some point. Also, that's another thing about bridges.
0: The short term, yeah. They're not they're long short, term. they're short
1: terms. And and pretty much every loan that you and I will talk about today, and every loan on our portfolio for the most part is relatively short term. Right. Um, we're not securitizing 30-year private money mortgages like FHA. So um you know, our, our loans on average are six months to two years. Right. Um, Occasionally we'll get a three to to a five, but that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, But anyways, to answer your question, it's really, really simple. Um, Full disclosure, transition loan, you got to have some equity, Yeah. right? You're you're using the equity of your, of your house that you're moving out of um, and coupling it with a new house, but it's as simple as this. You take the, the value of your departing residence, you take the price of your new house you add them together that's the total value okay you take the total value and you multiply it by 65 percent. so 500 500 we got a million dollars of total value i'm gonna okay. take percent of that right yeah that's six hundred fifty thousand. okay that's the max amount of money i'm gonna loan you period. okay okay you owe you owe a couple hundred thousand dollars on that house maybe we take that 650 we pay off that 200, we go in first position on both places. We're going to deliver $450,000 to the closing table, right? You're buying a new house for 500, you come in with 50 grand. We close the deal.
0: Okay. So you make up the difference on that. Okay. That makes sense. They Most of them close
1: without that. Most of them close with zero out of pocket cash um, from, from customers because they typically have have enough equity. It works yeah. really well. On First of all, you got to have a little bit of equity. It works really well on a lateral move or it works amazing on a, on one on a down like a downsize
0: downsize. Like so older, older family or older couple downsize we do that
1: every single month. We'll have an older couple getting out of a $750,000 house somewhere on the East coast and jamming down to Florida and buying that condo for 500. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just, whoo, gliding in, um, moving, being happy, turning around and, 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 listing it. So it's as simple as that. We'll only 65% of the value of your homes and we got to pay off any debt. Um, we stick a, we stick a mortgage on both properties. Um, we close, you go do your thing, move in, list your other property. When your other property comes up for sale, um, we will provide a payoff. Typically that's not enough to pay off our entire loan, right? Because we both assets, but it usually pays off two thirds, three quarters or whatever. And so in essence, what we do is we take all of the cash from that transaction. We, we reduce our overall payoff to make it so that there's zero up out of pocket from the borrower. Um, and then we take a partial pay down. So that $450,000 loan or that $650,000 loan goes down to 200 and it's, it's now sitting solely on the house that they've purchased because they've okay. sold the house that they've left. Right. Yeah. And then mortgage professional like you goes in and refinances them. So, okay. um, so you there, sometimes we have enough equity that that it, it just goes away or it ends up being a nominal amount in that payout. but most of the time, and the reason that I think this loan is really great for our, our fellow mortgage guys, is not only is it a solution for a borrower and a, and a referral partner, but it, it also leads to another loan, right? You're gonna you're gonna ultimately probably end up with a refinance at the end of the transaction. Yeah, basically.
0: you're helping with the purchase and the refinance both. so Yeah, and it'll but it'll
1: be a nice low LTV refinance probably, and better yeah. deal and, and yeah. all that
0: stuff. So. And the benefit for the for the um mm-hmm. buyer is that they are able to. Do this quickly because you know you're just like you said you're looking at the asset more than anything. Obviously, credit and income are, are a consideration because you if someone doesn't yeah. be concerned about that. But
1: that's right. Um, it's quick. It's painless. Um, I'm not going to say we don't have any in- income uh, restrictions because we are make sense, but it's not a hardcore underwrite um, yeah. like a 30 year mortgage is because it's a bridge. We're going right. from one to the other, and quite a lot of times, Mike. There's enough equity that we loan them the payments to. Uh, And then whatever payments they don't use, it just gets credited on their payoff.
0: And then on the lender side of thing, we're going to basically pre-approve them anyway for the new house to make sure it all fits based on those. So we're kind of looking at that stuff ahead of time regardless.
1: Spot on. And um, that's a really good point that I would bring that across everything that we do. Um, And obviously, you know, we deal with a lot of mortgage professionals like yourself. Um, The question I'm going to ask you nine times out of ten when you bring me a deal is, hey, Mike, what's the exit strategy?
0: Right. right how you can get out of this how we get done yes yes how you exactly. get this done?
1: oh well, the exit strategy is going to fix up the house and sell it all right cool okay um the exit strategy is at six months he's going to have two years of self-employed tax returns done and
0: i'm going to get him approved
1: with sally the underwriter but she told me i couldn't do it so th- there was two years okay cool that's
0: a good one uh, okay so that's another thing that can actually make a lot of sense too if you have somebody that is needing to do something and they need that bridge between when we can actually qualify them because i didn't even think about that that's when right. you have a person that has self-employed income or they've started a new career or something like that or they maybe they've gone from a w-2 to a commissioned employee or something along those lines and you need that extra six months of time before you can get them there then right. sometimes you can make that work
1: that's right and like i said primarily we're dealing with 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 investment properties but that comes up all the time in investment properties too sure. getting at fanny freddy 30-year non-owner mortgage isn't that easy yeah right? especially for for self-employed guys and so um yeah we're we we solve that problem a lot in a lot of different ways we solved that problem with income sometimes like you just said mm-hmm. we solve that problem with seasoning whether that's seasoning of assets or you know or seasoning of down payments or seasoning yeah. assets whatever like so you, you call me up and you say hey i got this this investor wants to pay, you know, three hundred thousand dollars for this house. He's got one hundred fifty grand, but, you know, he, he he got it from his brother yesterday, and there's no, it's not seasoned. I don't care. Right.
0: I don't care. Yeah, right. yeah, you're fine. you yeah. got the, money. Is, I mean, you is, the is, money. You have the is, money. You have the is money. Real, is it real money? Yes.
1: <laughs> well, if the title company takes it, that works for me.
0: Yes. Or,
1: hey, Mike. I, you know, my my mom passed last month, and we just got her last year, and we just got through probate, and I just inherited her free and clear house in Fort Lauderdale. It's worth five hundred thousand dollars. And I'd really like to take some cash out and do some things. I gotta fix it. I gotta do some other stuff da, 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 da. Well, okay, but it's a traditional loan, right? He's probably gonna have to season that for a while. He's probably gonna right. have to own it for a certain amount of time before he can do cash out. Well we'll just loan it to him the next day. So um because this makes sense for us. Right. Right. It, it makes sense because it's not risky. It, it makes sense. And so that's, that's what we try to do. We try to make sense. Um, so
0: what kind of costs on a, on a, and I know it's going to vary depending on the size of the loan. So you can speak in percentages or whatever it is, that it, but what kind of costs would a buyer be looking to incur on doing the bridge loan versus, well, yeah, I mean, cause there is no option otherwise. So, so what would they be looking to incur in that situation? Generally speaking,
1: generally speaking um, you're going to pay a rate in the high eights to high nines
0: right, right? now, because right now rates are in the seven. So yeah.
1: Right, so compare comparatively. That's not a bad. <laughs> another discussion, but um, and I'll go off on a tangent. But like when you were selling three percent thirty-year fixes, yeah, I was selling nine and a half percent fix and flips and bridges. Oh stuff. wow! Okay. When you're selling seven and a quarter thirty-year fixes, I'm kind of still selling nine and a half to nine three quarter to ten percent. So our rates, while they're higher traditionally than the market, they don't necessarily escalate. As fast as they
0: know, stay actually, pretty consistent regardless they, of what they the stay other pretty
1: consistent because you know the goal of our fund and our, just, just to back back up a little bit I mean so we manage about 70 million bucks of capital right it's friends family high net high net worth people that want to put their money to work um and our goal is to try to get them a double-digit return right and, and so our fund is I'm proud to say our fund is has a historical um inception to date return net to our investors of about 10 and a half and that's after we we pay our people and, and we do everything else, and so that's we're trying to hit a double-digit yield. So when you take nine and ten percent, you add a couple of points on it, and then it's a twelve to thirteen percent yield. That's kind of how that works. Yeah. Um, and then you know after management fees and such, that's what our investors get. But going back to the question, you know you're going to be in the high eights and nines, and you're going to pay anywhere from a point and a half to three points on the transaction, depending what the mortgage professional is doing. Um, our 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 um, lender fees are typically a point and a half on a six month loan and two points on a 12 and then a mortgage professional is typically going to get the same thing so right. you know call it 8.95 percent and three points um it's interest only it's quick the money doesn't usually come out of your pocket it's you know it's, it's already financed it's financed yeah. Um, so yeah,
0: it's just added in, to the loan most most of the time. when
1: well, you throw in your title fees and all that stuff, I think it's realistic to say you're going to pay four and a half percent to execute that transaction. Um, so it's not free, obviously right. it's, it's just a
0: convenience. Yeah. That. I mean, there's a, there's a need for it. So, I mean, there, nothing, nothing's free. Well, and even, even on the rate, you know, and this is something I run into. A lot of, relevant, right. Cause you have it for 60 days. <laughs> yeah, That's my point is, yeah, it's the rate's not a problem because you know, you always have to, I always have to explain to people like rates are functions of time. They're not functions of money. Right. Like the longer you have a rate, if you have a 3% interest rate for 30 years, you're going to pay a lot of interest. Like, Regardless of what it is, if you have a 30% interest rate for one month on a certain balance, your difference in cash payout is much less. So the rate is very much a function of time. It's not a function of money. Yeah.
1: So let's say it's 4.5%. And, um, you know, so what's that worth? Well, that's worth being able to buy a house before you sell your others. Or getting getting the house, really, sometimes. You're getting the house, maybe just getting the house. Yes. I mean, and that's not unreasonable. The houses get butt up 2 to 5%, Right. I, I like to make the case, obviously I can't prove it statistically, but I like to make the case that when you come in armed with a product like this and you're making a cash like offer, you're going to get a better deal.
0: Yes. Um, you're going to get a better deal than you are on a contingent offer, <laughs> right? Well, you're not going to win if you're in a competitive situation. If you put up a contingent, you're not getting the house. Like that's right. what gonna- And the only gonna- way you're
1: going to win a contingent offer if it's a competitive situation is if you pay more
0: yeah well yeah that's true (laughs) if you if you way overpay possibly you could you could win it so
1: you know that's that's kind of how it shakes out not an issue um it's not an issue that i mean obviously it's important that people know what things cost but you know that's like we there's really no negotiation on that it's like well this is what it costs yeah it's a convenience i'd love to help you out and do it if you don't want to do it that's cool right but the only guys that do it and 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 people like it so yeah um, so that's, that's kind of how that works. And, and, you know, we can typically close them I and mean, we don't like to do it all the time, but you know, we've closed them in five days. That's hard, but, um, yeah. we can absolutely close them faster than the traditional loan. Um, we,
0: well, the other, the other thing too, is the Bridgeland has been out there. The idea of the Bridgeland, let's call it, has been out there in it for a long time. But my personal interaction with other companies that have been offering this is that, you know, and the reason I asked the cost question is because a lot of, you know people don't there, there's no transparency you know there is no like here here's what it is they find out once they've kind of agreed to a few terms on it they're under contract and they're like oh wait a minute what is this costing me well this is what You're like oh okay. well, i didn't even know that it's like look right. if you're up front with people and you're like hey this is what it is here's the situation which is why i appreciate appreciate this approach to it it's like here's what it is and you know it's kind of like a take it or leave it kind of a deal because it is
1: part of the deal you know just that that's how it works and and you know there's all kinds of other methods i'm sure you've tried and i've tried and i mean you know there's the key lock on the departing residence that sometimes works but that always kind of ticks them off when you pay it off 30 days after you originate it. and then yep. you know you you know all too well about about Recapture, so you know, big cash out refinances, and then and then they turn around to buy something else and pay off your loan, and then you get the note from accounting that says you owe them thirteen thousand yeah. dollars for the.
0: Then Aaron calls me commission like, hey. that you've already spent.
1: Um, well, there's no recapture on this product. We know right. what the deal is, and, and honestly, that's why there's
0: points. Right? Yes,
1: yeah, because we can't make it. We can't sell this product secondary market make any money no. we're not going to hold it for long enough to really make any money so that's 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 why it's set up yeah
0: you make the money on the transaction um all right so let's get into some of the um so that that's that's a product that's going to be beneficial to a home buyer you know a home seller in that case uh, you know working directly
1: that's the product that every real estate professional whether they're in real estate sales or mortgage should know about
0: yeah. Should be aware and be able to speak intelligently on. Um, all right. So then let's talk about your bread and butter, which is the investment stuff. So the sure. flicks and swi- uh excuse me, flicks and swift, the fix and flips, um, you know, some of the, uh, even some of the new construction stuff that you're doing, but so tell me a little bit about some of those and how that works.
1: Sure. Um, so our, our main, um, like I said, everything else we do, we call business purpose. Um, business purpose being that we are loaning, you know, not on somebody's primary residence. Um, we loan to corporations, LLCs, and people. Um, we So that, that's that's kind of a unique thing compared to like traditional lending where it's hard to yep. get. hard to get loan to a
0: business. Yeah. You nope. can't
1: do the business and all that kind of stuff. But basically, we're loaning money to either buy or buy and rehab or ultimately build. Um, properties, right? So um, our, our fix and flip loan our renovation loan um, is probably our most popular. And, um, you know, you have to been under a rock for the last 10 years not to see some type of HGTV flipping show um, right there everywhere. My wife watches them all the time, even though we've renovated our house. I'm like, why are we still watching this?
0: I was actually on one of those, by the <laughs> way. Were you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My cool. wife and I were on a show called... um uh lakefront bargain hunt renovation oh and, yeah
1: right, uh, on. right on.
0: Yeah, we, we bought a lake house and a uh, place down here in Texas and uh renovated it and did the whole thing so I, okay. I I existed in that world for half a minute so well there you go um
1: and that's hey there's a th- there's a really good reason that that world exists and it's a world that that needs to exist and and expand I mean We all know there's a housing shortage. There's been a housing shortage since the first crash, the first major crash that I was involved in and in, in six, seven, eight. Um, And it's never recovered. The, the, the the home building has never quite recovered. There's never been enough lots mainly because like half the banks that used to do the non-vertical financing, which non-vertical would be horizontal. We call it, which would be lot development, land development, all that stuff. The riskiest, hardest part of the, trade. They're out of business, by the way, because they all went out of business in seven and eight and nine. And the one that's, the ones that stayed were banned from forever doing that, right? So, which is one of the reasons that private money has flourished. I'm kind of all over the place, but like that people say, well, why... Why do people come to you for loans? And I go because there's banks, and if yes. you've dealt with a bank, then you'll know why you don't want to loan borrow money from a bank. But more specifically,
0: there's there's just a lot
1: less banks. Yes. Now, and the banks that we have are bigger and stodgier.
0: Well, and, and there's going to be less continuing, by the way, too, because there's a lot there's of going
1: to be less continuing. So, like the market needed capital, and so so we guys like us came out to meet the demand. That's really yeah.
0: private having. money.
1: Yep. Private money. That's that's why private money exists, is because there's banks and or or there's not banks, right? And I mean, and I joke that and I have friends that are bankers, and I've even worked in banks and, and and owned a bank, part of the bank at one point in time. But yeah, I mean, if you you know what the problem with banks,
0: uh where um, do you want to start? I don't know if we have enough time.
1: Well, it's really simple, <laughs> they're run by bankers. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, yes, I mean, that's, that's,
1: that's that's the problem, right? That's the problem with banks. Um, anyways. Fix and flip, fix and flip. So the the nation has a shortage of, of housing. There's a ton of houses that were built in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s that are dated, that need that are in good neighborhoods or coming neighborhoods, and they need renovation because let's face it. When when new home buyers come in, especially the younger ones, they don't have any perspective. Like they don't have, they can't dream. They can't they can't see any potential. And yep. quite frankly, it, it's really hard for lenders to to make loans on on dilapidated houses, right? You want yep. houses that are done. So there's this there's this conundrum. You've got all these people that want to buy houses, and you got all these shitty houses. And so somebody's got to bring those houses to market, and that's what fix and flip is. That's that's really where that whole renovation craze came into. And so we'll loan money to purchase a house. And we'll loan the money to renovate a house. Um, and we do that um, kind of like a construction loan. And we do it um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a basically a process in which we administer draws. So okay. again, kind of going back to the our original premise, like, you know, what's the number one thing that we care about as private money lenders collateral, right? We're not going over 65% loan to value. So how do we do that? Well, you know, we'll guy buys a house for 200,000, wants to put $50,000 in it. Um, well, we'll loan him, you know, 90% of that number, but we're going to hold back that $50,000. Right. And then he's going to go out and he's going to tear all a bunch of stuff out and replace it and call us up and say, Hey, I got all the, all the, you know, all the drywalls done and the sheet rocks up and we're ready to go and I need to draw. And so we send an inspector out and we go, yep, that's true because so we're gonna release some money to them. Why? Because the house is that much more valuable now. Right. So we're keeping our loan to value though it's the same the whole time. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that ask us. I don't understand why you just don't hand me that 50 grand and let me go. I go.
0: Well, <laughs> you might run away, man.
1: <laughs> you might run away with my 50 grand. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right, I mean, right. Where's the incentive there? I mean, right. so, um. And so you know, we we make sure that it gets done. Well, better. but that's
0: I mean, that's a normal any type of construct, and, that, and that's a a thing it's that, you nice. know, I deal with home, you know, this is my favorite home buyer is the young, the young couple that calls me um, and says, you know, we found this piece of land and we want to build our dream home on this land. Right. Sure. And they're like, I want to get a loan to do that. And I'm like well do you have a hundred thousand dollars and they're like what, what what do you mean like well I'm, I'm gonna get a loan then like that's how this is gonna yeah, work yeah, it doesn't work that way it and I'm like well the bank's not gonna loan you money on a piece of land that you don't own for a house that you haven't built yet like <laughs> they're they're you're gonna want some skin in the game for you to be able to do that you can't get a you know an FHA loan on this uh, raw land out you're, you're in, spot in on. And, and and renovation lending construction lending is dangerous. Yes, it's, it's high risk for
1: lenders because yeah. really if somebody loses
0: their job or they die or they run away, then you're stuck with this land and property that you got to finish,
1: then you got to finish. And so, like, and that doesn't always work out. No. Um, I've been on the wrong side of the bunch of them, so you know, we're really careful about that, and that's why we really care about the extent of the remodel. Um, and but probably what we care about the most um is the competency of the person right like have you you ever done this before (laughs) no but i watch tv on and it looks pretty good easy it's like well yeah but it's not that easy so
0: you know i i've heard that i have a friend of mine who does quite a few of these and like i've done a couple but not a ton and 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 that was one of the things that he says some of these banks when they go to it's like look how often have you done, like, when have you done this before and who is your, who's your contractor, who's your builder, who's that's doing right. these things? Because it matters to us who's happy. Cause if it's just your brother-in-law that's never built a house before, then no, I'm sorry. Like
1: we're not doing that's that. That's right. So that's part of the underwrite for sure. Um, yeah. And I mean, we absolutely work with inexperienced renovators or less than than fully experienced renovators. But it's it also depends on the scope of work. Right. So not sure. not all remodels are created equal. You go by that 80s rancher and you want to go in and do some paint and carpet, replace some cabinets and some appliances. OK, you know, that's not that difficult. Right. Um, you go buy that 1918 house in the inner part of Boston and you're going to try to go up and, and put a second story on it or whatever. Take out a bunch. That's the different story. Right. So not every deal is, is the same for sure. But but basically kind of going back to the, the premise, we will loan money to purchase and renovate a house and we'll manage that process um, through with the client and while we call it fix and flip um it also can be fix and hold right a lot of them are fix and hold as well so a lot of investors are going in and they're performing it to like they were going to sell it but they're, then they turn around and they they rent it
0: they rent it out and then they'll do like temporary or permanent financing and then whatever. they bring in their permanent
1: financing yeah. right so again as a as a mortgage professional um fellow mortgage professional a chance to get a couple loans
0: yeah right? yeah
1: and and what we care about like we, we always talk about LTV. So in this case, again, we're back at that 65% number where we're, we're going to loan you no more than 65% of what this property is worth when it's done. Right. It might be 90% of what it's going to cost you now. to buy and renovate it. Yeah. Um, but we're going to loan you 65% of what it's done and we're going to control that process. Um And, and people are always like, well, I don't understand why you don't loan more. I said, well, let's talk about that. So 35%, that's your gross margin. Okay, that, that's all the money you're going to make. <laughs> let's start with that. Right. Okay, so, so here you are, you're a home renovator and you're starting off with a 35% gross margin. That's before you've made a single interest payment. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's figure you're going to, you know, you're going to probably pay five, six months of interest. So that's three to 4%. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the pleasure of paying likely some realtor five to 6% when you sell it, right? Yep. So now yep. we're up to 10 to 12% or said another way, we're, 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 we're down to 20 2%, 24% gross margin. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever done a renovation project, but like they tend yep. to take longer and cost more, not the opposite?
0: Absolutely. It's my I've done I've done 3 of them and every single time, and mostly it's cuz I get my wife involved. She's like, "We should do it this way." I'm like, "Oh, it's a lot of money."
1: Scope creep, project creep, whatever. So yep. chances are you've underestimated. Yep. So now your 22 goes to 18 to 15. And like, and that's if you sell it on day one. So, like, you know, is it reasonable to make a 10 to 15% net profit? Yeah, that's about it, right? Otherwise, what are you doing?
0: Yeah.
1: Why <laughs> are you yeah. taking all that risk? So yeah. um, you know, while that's obviously self fulfilling for us because we're trying we're trying to protect ourselves, sure. it's also mutually beneficial, right? We that's- want we want you to make money on that transaction, yeah. Right? You got to make something. So, yes. you know, if you can. If life, you why are you doing it? Why, why are you doing it? Right. This yes. is not a nonprofit. This is right. a for-profit <laughs> business. Yes. Um, and, you know, if you can make 15 or 20 percent, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Uh, and that's so that's kind of how that works. So we do a lot of fix and flip lending, renovation.
0: I'm really curious what you're seeing right now on that especially because like with the mark like you know you said it a minute ago right now housing is in uh short supply we you know we've been that way for a long time and and quite honestly you know i don't see where it, that is going to change i i actually think Um, it's going to get worse because if you look at uh, housing starts just in the month of January, they are way down compared to where they were. Builders are pulling back, how much they're building. And you could, there's a myriad of reasons and possibilities as to why that's happening. But, and then there's also another trend where people are staying in place longer. So now you have, you know, the average home used to turn over, say back 10 or 15 years ago, it would turn over in six and a half, seven, eight years. Now the average has moved all the way up to 12. So now people are staying. And then when you, when you add in, people locked into two, three, 4% interest rates and the rates are high. That number is going to just continue to grow. So my question is, is uh, what are you seeing? Cause you deal with this every day. I mean, is there still a market out there for these fix and flips or are there still homes?
1: Absolutely. I mean the, I think the question you really want to ask is, is what markets can you actually make money fix and flipping? Right. Yes. Yes. Because to your point, they're so competitive already that, like, there's not a lot of margin in a lot of properties, No, you know, but absolutely there's, um, there's markets, typically lower priced markets, uh, where there's some pretty considerable upside um, left in fix and flip. But I do believe like you that it's going to continue um, the demand for housing is just going to continue, in my opinion, despite what happens. I, you know, I'm never going to make the call, but I do believe interest rates will come down at some point. In yeah, the future. Um, not that that even matters, probably in a while, because it's just going to people just need to buy houses. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to have I've thought about, you know, the baby boomers as they start to pass away. They own a lot of houses. There's uh, going to be not that that's going to be a glut of houses, but what I look at is that's going to be a lot of houses that need
0: renovating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a slow drip. It's going to happen over time, but it also, again, that to my point, like I live in an area in North Texas where um, uh, we live near a country club. I don't live on the country club, but I live near it. And so the neighborhood that surrounds our area has it's, it's all older. I mean, it's been around for, you know, 30 40 years i mean it's 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 an older neighborhood or area but but the my kid go my son goes to junior high there and um the attendance or uh, i should say the uh, the enrollment for the junior high has significantly declined over just the last 5 to 10 years because what's happened is that the the older population that bought these homes and say the you know early 90s or or late 80s or you know whatever even 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 late 90s i forget how old i am um but uh are they're not moving they are staying there and so so we don't have new families coming in to that area to help boost or bolster the schools and so the enrollment's shrinking and and the teachers like what's going on like that's because none of these people are moving they're staying where they're at they're not going anywhere they used to have have in
1: texas everything's big in texas right but you, you guys have land
0: Yes, we have a lot of land. You have a lot of land. <laughs> a lot of land. And so you know, you kind of can drive until you qualify, right? Like, yes. <laughs> I love. Okay, I'm using that. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna use that in one of my videos. Drive they, until you qualify. I that love came, that.
1: That came from when I used to have an office in Dallas, you know, and then you, and then, and then Plano, and then Frisco, and then you just <laughs> drive north until you qualify. And then you um, get into Oklahoma. Just, now that's where it's at. Pretty much. So so yeah, you know, there's a lot of differences in a lot of different markets. So. I mean, I think you have a robust renovation market because you just have a lot of people on a lot of houses, but you guys also have the ability to, to, to crank out subdivisions as much well,
0: as you want. Yeah. You but nowadays know. all the subdivisions are looking to, a lot of them actually are built to rent. So you see these big subdivisions so coming out too.
1: Yeah. They're that.
0: popping up everywhere and you're like, oh, what's this one? And you're like, oh, it's a hundred townhomes and they're all for yeah. rent. None of them are. are by a wall street hedge fund and yeah.
1: they're just built. So, so. So you got to consider those factors land. Um, You go to a place like, you know, where I live, Portland, where it's it's really conservative in terms of what we have, urban growth boundaries. And, and, you know, there's really tight zoning. There's a lot of that in the West Coast in particular. Like, it is what it is, man. There's only so many lots. And so, like, they're going to have to renovate those houses um that's just because there's no other place to go so it's a vibrant part of the market i think it's going to continue yeah it's definitely not created equal in 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 different parts of the, the the country there's areas where it's a lot harder to make it work um than others but it's a robust part of our business and and we we enjoy it we support
0: it where do you um so I'm curious where you think or what your opinion on, well, real quick, before we get to this, this may be a longer question. Is there any other specific products that we haven't talked about? We talked about fix and flips bridge loans. Um, I mean,
1: yeah, you- there's a, there's, we do offer a limited amount of, of what we call ground up construction. Okay. okay. Which, is, which is, is building a house from scratch. Yeah. Um, we have a, the way our funds manage, we have certain allocations. And so we only have so much allocated to that because, you know, on a, on a risk scale for us, that's the most risky of all. And so to, to be, you know, to be smart about how we manage our funds, we only have so much. And so there's, it's always sold out, (laughs) to be honest, there's kind of a waiting list for it, but we do do that, um, on deals that make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, if we have 190 loans in our portfolio today, we have maybe, Nine or ten that are ground-up construction loans. So, um, but then lastly, what we do, which is which is kind of what we've been talking about the whole time, but I'll just kind of I'll kind of highlight it. I mean, we do a lot of investor bridge loans. Yes. And so, and that's just a loan, right? That's just a loan, and there's a million reasons why that is. But it's typically like, um, besides the fact that people hate banks, um, it's typically like, I gotta close fast. Or I got a property that's got deferred maintenance or it's screwed up somehow, but we can see the intrinsic value of it and so we'll close on it.
0: Um, well, real quick way. on the close fast thing, because I, I think a lot of people that are that would watch this don't understand, you know, like close fast. Okay, great. But, but here's why that matters, especially, is because when you get into the world of investing in properties, there are what we would call off market properties, right? There are the, when you drive down the road and you see the little sign, the little yard sign that says we buy houses, okay? What that is, is that's a guy or gal that is calling home, like just dialing for dollars. They are calling homeowners and saying, do you have any interest in selling? You're pretty much just the middleman. And that middleman has a list of investors you could be on those lists if you want, um, and because there's hundreds of these guys out there, guys and gals. And th- once they find someone that's like, "Yes, I want to sell," then they shoot it out to all their investors. So the point is, is that these homes never hit the MLS. You're never going to see it on Zillow. You're not going to. It's not the foreclosure list where you show up. At, these are homes that are only being offered to to people within that group because this middle guy decided to go knock on doors or make phone calls you're to right. homes. and that's how it works. So when that's that- like kind of a new phenomenon. Like, I mean, new in
1: the last 15 years, yeah, like these wholesalers, they call yeah. them, right. Which yeah. are quasi illegal, kind of, but whatever they're, they're like the, in between the wall and the wallpaper. Yep. Um, like, right. But they, they serve a purpose. That's what um, they do.
0: But you got to close fast because they they're like, hey. that's because
1: you're in competition with cash buyers. Yep. Right. So, yeah. So when you look at any hard private money, hard money loan, whatever you call it, like at the end of the day, it's a financial transaction. So like how much does it cost? Well, it it doesn't matter really within reason depending on how much you're going to make. So like you call me up and you say, I can buy that house down the street from the estate for 200,000 and I can flip it for three and a quarter in three weeks, you know, and it costs you $10,000 to get the financing
0: sounds good sign me up
1: you made 115 grand instead of 125. yeah Yeah, (laughs) or you can make no
0: grand or zero yeah zero zero.
1: so so bridge loans that's that's we do a lot of those and like i said it's typically because the house is in a in a situation that's not financeable conventionally but we can look at the intrinsic value of it um the borrower's in a spot for some reason that he can't pull it off traditionally but we'll be able to in a certain amount of time um like i said needs to close fast we do we do refinances also like you've got a free and clear property or something without much debt on it you're trying to raise capital to close on something else you know we'll do that we'll do that money quick and then you know someone like you can come back and do a long-term refinance so basically down and dirty quick lending equity lending Um, 35% down on purchases, probably no more than 60 on cash outs, quick down and dirty deals. Right. So that's that. And that's, that describes a lot of what we do. And that's just like situational, you know, like like the guy who inherited the house and he needs to take cash out in a week and all that kind of stuff. So that's basically what we, what, what we, what we focus on. And like, you know, and kind of in summary, I go back to we're collateral collateral based and so like 65% if you have a if you have a loan request that's 65% or less loan to value um then there's a chance pretty good chance we'll do it yeah you no know? yeah. yeah. especially if it's business purpose it's yeah. kind of that simple it's, right um we may do it differently depending if the guy's got a 720 credit score and a or a 580 um
0: And we will look at
1: character, but, but ultimately that's, that's what, that's what we do.
0: What do they say? If it makes dollars, it makes sense. Right. Um,
1: Yeah. Something like that. And so um, that's, that's kind of our, our products. And and there's a million different ways that they take form and I could sit here and talk to you about them all day, but it's just like stuff happens. Right.
0: Yeah. why do you, how do you get these loans?
1: Stuff happens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just happens that way. Right, I'm, um,
1: being, I'm, I'm, I'm being nice, but like, it just because life happens, Yeah, people need things, right? Well,
0: you've been doing this for a long time. Um, you've been in, and out, in the world, real estate, you know, lending other side of, for, for quite a while. So I'm curious, just, you know, you pay attention to what's happening out there. What do you, th- where do you think, we're headed like as a real estate market in general, I always want people's opinion on this because we're going through so much turmoil right now between, you know, real estate commission lawsuits and interest rates being high and affordable housing crisis and builders pulling back and all this stuff. I mean, it's just, you know, and, and especially now, you know, in the last year, our, our industry as a whole has just shrunk dramatically, you know, between realtors and lenders just getting out of the business because the money has dried up. So, so, where do you think things are going? What's 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 Morgan's two cents on this market and where it's headed?
1: Uh, you know, that's a good question. It's like asking me about interest rates. If I knew that question where interest rates are going, I wouldn't yeah. be on this podcast, yeah. right? I don't at have my, a
0: crystal ball, but you
1: know, <laughs> I'd be in my condo somewhere in the Bahamas. But yeah. um, my belief—I mean, I have a few beliefs. Like um, we touched about it about it earlier. I do believe there's an overall shortage of housing. Yep, um, and there has been for some time. And I believe that a combination of factors like um, the amount of skilled labor, the availability of materials, the availability of ground and the not necessarily in yeah. Texas, but the the more difficulty of city and county and municipal planning departments and red tape and permits, all that garbage that screws everything up um, is going to keep that that down right yeah. i just i don't see an oversupply of houses coming anytime soon um potentially in certain markets you know probably well, real estate's a very local thing that's it's you real estate's local so yeah i mean could, could they overbuild in north texas yeah they usually do but it yep. usually corrects itself yep. right yep. <laughs> because they're big home builders and they don't go out of business and they turn them into rentals like you said and and will they overbuild in orlando again yeah probably and areas where there's no restrictions but you know as a whole i'm pretty bullish on that uh um, statistically you know i believe that things revert to the mean over time mm-hmm. and so like real estate seems to go up like two and a half to four percent a year right yeah. so when it goes up 35 in one year like it did I'm thinking it's got to revert to the mean, right?
0: Got to come down.
1: Yeah. Got to come down or at least got to stabilize. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what we've seen when it's stabilized, right? I think you've seen that. You saw that happen from the peak of COVID when some markets are up a third um to, you know, some depreciation, not, not massive amounts of depreciation, but certainly some depreciation in some of those markets and absolutely flat. Right. So now we're almost two years after it. And it's, if it, anything, it's gone down. And so that 33% is starting to revert to the mean. Yeah. Right. So I don't see a lot of short-term massive appreciation, I guess.
0: I would I, agree.
1: I think that, and that's be- because of that simple revert to the mean concept, but also
0: there's a limit of what people can pay. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the problem that we're running into is that. Yeah. It's becoming very much a haves and have nots. I mean, it's, it's getting to a place where, you know, if you don't have access to a substantial amount of cash or, or make good income, it's very going to be very difficult for you to purchase a house, you know, going forward, because again, I mean, I saw, I did a story recently on a market update episode that I ran, but so in San Antonio, which is here, you know, in Texas, obviously um, they, Dr. Horton, I believe is building homes under $160,000. That's amazing sounds amazing right well you want to know what the catch is it's a 665 square foot house there you go (laughs) now it's available it's there it's a price point that can work for many people but you know the days of having the two bed or you know three bedroom two bath 1500 square foot house and getting it for an affordable price i mean unless you know, anything can change. Technology and innovation is obviously the big driver in in all walks of life. And you could see, you know, there's things that we're not even thinking about that could come along and and make that change. But, um, you know, my concern of, you know, even being in this industry is just in the, in the sense that I just think that it's going to get more and more unaffordable because like we talked about, there's no wave of inventory coming and they're not building homes. So unless there's some sort of economic, you know, that doesn't have to do with homes, but just an economic collapse or fall or downturn exactly. or whatever you want to call it then of of significance by the way because you know the of person yes. yeah because the 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 lower income like we're going through I think a bit of a downturn right now and and I would whether we realize it yet or not I think we will look back you know in in 12 months or 24 months ago like okay that's kind of mm-hmm. when it's to to occur but but most of that is affecting lower income you know individuals right now it's not affecting the high net worth high earners yet it, you know or it may not get to that point but those are the people that can afford to buy homes so their impact is going to be lessened simply because they're not impacted by small economic downturn so in order for us to have a significant shift or revert to the mean like you said there would have to be a pretty significant thing occur like what happened in 2007 and 2008 and right. you know It's not going to be related to housing, by the way, because with rates and the underwriting requirements and all the stuff that's gone on, you know, there's very few opportunities for. It's always different,
1: right? It's different every time. It's going to happen. Something's going to happen.
0: Something commercial real estate. I mean, who would have
1: predicted that housing would have gone up so much because of COVID? Like that. Yeah,
0: cheap money does that.
1: (laughs) Cheap money does that. So, but kind of going back to predictions. So, I, I feel like I don't feel that there's a massive crash coming.
0: I don't think so. Um, I do think that there's
1: been a continual slowdown, and it's it's a grind. And you you, can, if you're in this business, you know that because you're grinding oh, yeah. every, every single day. We're
0: the canaries in the cold mine. The the uh, all the all the lenders and realtors out there struggling. Right. Um,
1: but I what I do know is that is that people get older. They want to move out of apartments. They want to have kids some of them don't have that opportunity, but a lot of people want them. And there's a drive. There's a, there's a desire for home ownership. And like, I remember 10 years ago, we were all bitching about the millennials cause they wouldn't do anything. And now all of them want to own houses. Yes. Right. Home squ- in the market right well, there's 600 square foot houses in San Antonio that cost 170 grand or their row houses or their condos or there's something um, they're going gonna, they're gonna to, they're going to continue to want that. And so I think, you know, the housing business is, is is overall pretty stable i think it's going to be kind of crappy for the next few months to be slow uh, yeah, slow like, you know not not devastating but slow yeah. um i do think we've had some more depreciation than people want to admit but nobody's selling anyway so it doesn't really matter yeah,
0: how would you know if you're not selling you have no idea yeah no.
1: Right, exactly. So, the so I mean,
0: unrealized losses that everybody's concerned about on Wall Street right now, when it comes to especially when it comes to commercial real estate.
1: Yeah. So, I think it's kind of going sideways. And, and, um, yes, it'll absolutely be affected, um, by interest rates at some point in time. And, and I think it's not going to take much for the people to jump off the fence and start buying again. Yeah. Um, what, well, you know, I write a newsletter every quarter to my investors, and I always have a part that's like what keeps me up at night like um homeowners have never had so much debt people have never had so much debt
0: the united states has never had so much debt
1: and the united states has never had so much debt yeah so, like and i keep wondering like because and aaron talks about all the time right like when is the one why is it so hot? Why is this market so hot? Like, I mean, it should start failing pretty soon. Why does because we just keep borrowing? We just keep borrowing. Got to feel, at feel at the like there's got to be a level, test- at a state level and at a personal level, and nope. so that never ends well. Nope. And so that's mean. that's that's the part that I I don't know the answer, but that's the part that I keep. I keep an
0: eye on. Yeah. I don't think anybody has an answer for that. And I think there's a lot of people asking that question, which is why I think, especially on the, on the, you know, uh, investing side of the world where you're looking at people going, what is, what are we going through and what's going to happen? I think it's, there's a lot of hesitancy because, and the debt piece is a real big piece of it because again, you know, as long as inflation keeps staying, let's call it sticky, right? It hasn't, gone to the level that you know the fed and jerome powell would want it to get to or at least it hasn't indicated that it's headed in that direction enough as long as that stays the course then rates are not going to come down and if rates don't come down that cost of borrowing just stays high and that debt just continues i mean we're almost we we maybe now i don't know if we're there yet but we are spending or or close to spending as much or more On 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 the american debt than we are on defense which is, by the way, our biggest expenditure. And we're spending more on interest right now. And that is not sustainable for the that long term. That is time. not
1: sustainable. I agree. And I think you're right. I don't know that to be a fact. I've heard that said a couple of times, is that that interest just became our largest expense, which is... Well, yes you, know, you borrow 3 trillion dollars like we did last year and i mean i can't even can't even tell you what a trillion is without really really thinking about it the so no
0: concept dude. of that <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
1: mind it's probably, a, it's the, a number uh, and that we don't understand a million billions is yes. that right i think it's a million billions yeah um that's a lot that's a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so a it's that's got to have to put a tamper on it so yeah i mean houses might go sideways for a while but you know i got in the mortgage business in nineteen ninety-three, I wrote my first thirty year fix and sold it to Fleet Mortgage at eight and a half percent. And that was the best rate you could get at the time by far. Yeah. And I and I did it for my uncle because nobody was gonna give me a shot except for him. And I took yeah. him from eleven and a half to eight and a half. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's all perspective. Yeah. That's and, then, right. and then we went into the sevens and we thought that it was off the charts amazing. And back then, I mean, this is like almost pre-internet. I'm so old, but like we had a sandwich board that would stick out in front of our office and like the day they went under seven to 6.875 that 6.875 was on that sandwich board and we were the people were pulling over and playing it and then i remember it went to 5.875 and
0: then i remember when it went to
1: 4.875 <laughs> the
0: problem is, is as that rate was going down the home price was going up so when you were selling eight percent interest rates it was on a hundred and twenty thousand dollar house or a ninety thousand dollar house right. Now we're selling nine, 8% rates on a $500,000 house. That's right.
1: So it's all changed. Right. But it's all kind of the same in a way too. So it's like, well, what was, what was consistent about the pr- pricing of houses back then? It didn't go up very fast. It didn't go up very fast when it was eight or 9%. No. So it may not go up very fast for a while in no. this market, which is okay. Cause then maybe wages will catch up. Right. Maybe something will happen. Um, and And so there's, the only thing I know is that it's got to change, right? So the only thing constant is change. And, and so we'll never know exactly what it's going to be because this market's always is it's always interesting. But, you know, I see a sideways market for a while. I see a grind for a while. Um, but we're going to survive. This company will survive. You'll survive. I'll survive
0: yeah. um,
1: because the best people will. And then we'll come out of the other side of it and all the amateurs will have gone back to to, or they will be out of it. They're half; most of them are already out of it.
0: We're um, coaches now,
1: right? Or with no disrespect to Uber drivers or, or Uber yeah. teams guys or whatever, but that's where you know half the real estate community is. What is doing that right now, and, yeah. and then it'll then we'll come out the other side. You know, I think that's what's going to happen. But again, it's like revert to the mean. But nothing that was so good can last forever. <laughs> nope. nope. I mean, I I, I kind of relate. I want the days when it's just.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right. Just, just starting. Yeah. Steady. Yeah. Like we don't want it to be in the ocean.
1: It was fun to close 30 deals a month during COVID, but it was stressful. Yeah. It sucks to close three deals a month. You know, I kind of like mm. when it's normal. So I'm I'm yearning
0: for those days to come. Yeah, back. just a little bit of balance is not a bad thing, but balance would be cool.
1: So um, but whatever the case is, you know, we, we get up every day and we look at our opportunities like you do. And, um, and, and we, we try to help people out. And if you, if you do a good job and you help people out, love your borrowers and, and love your partners and do the right thing, then the good, the good people survive. And, and that's. That's how it works, right?
0: Well, and that was the point of today was just to you know learn how to help more people by learning because the more you understand about different products that are available and the stuff that's out there and you don't just stick your head in the hole and stick with the basics, then you're going to be able to help more people. And these days, with the market being as tight as it is, the more you understand about all the options available to folks, the more people you're gonna be able to help and the more deals you're gonna be able to close and you're gonna be able to survive. And that's what we're all trying to do. Yep.
1: Absolutely. So um, I will say this kind of in a close, Mike, you know, I'm, a, I'm more of a wholesale lender. So I work with mortgage professionals like you. Yep. So um, to any any people that are listening that wanna access these products, you talk to Mike. Mike Mike represents our products. Right. That's, that's how that works. He's my partner. We're on the backside, he's on the front side. And, and we depend on, on those relationships for our survival. And, and that's that's how our partnerships work. So we'd love to help any anybody out there um, with any of our products. And I would encourage them to reach out to you.
0: Well, thank you very much, Morgan. I appreciate that. Well, thanks for coming on with me today and uh, dropping some knowledge on us. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, there's a ton of opportunity out there. Sometimes you just got to look in unusual places that you haven't been looking for a long time. And so now is that opportunity. It's a little bit slower. Now you got to expand your book of knowledge a little bit, which is what I mainly reason I wanted to have you on here today. Yeah. So I wanted to learn a little bit. So I really appreciate your time and uh, you know and, and for hopping on with us today. So thank you for everybody that stuck around to the end. Um, I'll be back on Tuesday with another market update and uh, we will actually next week, we're going to stick on our little products uh, um, theme and we're going to be talking about reverse mortgages. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a whole other world of reverse mortgages that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. Um, especially as we're moving into the baby boomers starting to, you know, age out of home ownership and what their options are going to be. There's an entirely untapped market that you probably aren't aware of that you could take advantage of. So we're going to go into that a little bit next week um, and then uh, see where that goes. So thanks again, Morgan. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks, Mike. Yes, sir.